Kia ora, this is Whārau Slaisander and welcome to Oho Ake Books Podcast. So today I want to talk about 2008, which was the year that I really kicked into gear with this whole project. And my God, what a year that was. Well, in 2008, I'd been back in the country since 2002, and I was ready to travel again. I'd spent seven years living abroad before I got back in 2002, four years in Canada and about two years in Australia, about four and a half months traveling through Southeast Asia. And my jam was traveling. It's all I wanted to do, man. I wanted to travel, travel, travel. I didn't want to be in New Zealand anymore. I'd traveled around the country three or four times since being back seeing a lot more than I'd seen before I'd left the country. Been festivals, I had some amazing connections with people here, but I was ready to keep travelling, I was ready to go. So I decided to go to the travel agents in Kilburnie here in Wellington. I rolled in there and I went through my itinerary with the person on the desk who I'd met before the party. And uh, we went through my itinerary and I was like, this is what I want to do. This is where I want to go. I wanted to do this trip in 2001. I wanted to fly from Vancouver to Cancun and then go overland through Central America and then through South America and then back to New Zealand in six months. Uh, I had an incident, which I'll talk about another time in 2001, that brought that into ruination. It didn't happen. (laughs) Thank you, 9-11. And then I... So I decided, yeah, this is the time to do it. I'm going to do it now. I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to go to Santiago. Santiago, I'm going to fly to Rapa Nui and back to Santiago. And I'm going to go around South America for four months. And I'm going to go to Central America for three months. And I'm going to get to probably Cancun or Veracruz and then fly back to Montreal for the summer in 2009. And then in the late summer, I'd fly back to Vancouver for a month, see my friends, and then come back to New Zealand in the spring of 2009 which is a great plan. I thought, that's a really solid plan, man. I'm going to go and do this. It's going to be so great. Can't wait. Excited. I've been learning Spanish for two years. So I had my Spanish um, vocab was really strong. My conversational Spanish was really good after learning for two years at Wellington High School, uh, adult classes. Two years or two and a half years, actually. Maybe two and a half years. I did level four Spanish. So I was speaking quite fluently. Anyway. So ready to go. Went to the travel agent. Went to block my flight. Sat down at the desk. Pulled the credit card out. <laughs> and I'll never forget this, man. I had this voice in my head that I'd heard before in my early 20s, a female voice. And I would consider that voice the voice of God. Not someone in a, a white flowy dress with wavy hair, like in some kind of Bee Gees video, but no, but the voice of God is in like a manifestation of that frequency manifesting in my mind. I had an experience on mushrooms, psilocybin mushrooms in my early 20s, where the genie came out of the bottle and I went back to source power, which we already already are. But the illusion of leaving my body and going back to that ocean of awareness where I was in an ocean, literally in an ocean, where I could feel awareness all around me of other individuals, but we were all one. It was the most beautiful sensation to be in that ocean. I heard her voice again, the same voice, I listened to her, and she said to me, no, you must write. So I left the travel agents to the horror of the um, travel agent. I went home, called the boss up and said, listen, uh, I'm quitting my job. I'm going to write a book. 
I had no idea what I was going to write. <laughs> no idea what I was going to write. None whatsoever. And I thought, you know, I'm going to write a book, man. This is me. I'm going to write a book. So I thought, okay, let me ask Spirit a question here. You've just told me to write. What am I writing about? You know, and the voice manifested in my head again. Compile everything that you have learned and your conscious awakening into a book. And I thought right away, I'm going to make a, I'm going to bring in everything that I've known, that I've learned. So I did got all the books that I had read over the last 15, 20 years. I did found them all in the library. I bought a few other books I purchased, and I went through those books and read them all, took notes, and I began to write. I began to write about one particular character, and I wanted to explain this character's history. And in that character's history, I'd also give all these breadcrumbs about what I'd learned, about who's behind the curtain, what they're doing to collective human society, and what they've done throughout the solar system and beyond, right? I know that sounds pretty fruity, but pretty cool book. <laughs> so I began to write this this book about this person's history. I began to espouse what I'd learned over the years and years and years of my personal conscious awakening. And as I began to write this book and began to reveal this information, which is all there for people to look at, but I was putting it all into one book through a fictional character. Um, that particular fictional character began to also have his own stories manifesting in my head. So here I am writing a book and told to write, and the first thing that happens to me when I'm writing this book, before I hear this other character's stories being in, in my head, is I have the sensation that comes over me when I'm in this flow state. I'm in this flow state, when I'm writing, I'm in this flow state. And what happens is there's this overlay, I call it an overlay. What it feels like to me is like it's an electromagnetic drizzle that kind of comes over my body. And remember, I feel it integrate into my system, into my nervous system, into my body. I'm immediately awoken to, I have visual, I have all my five senses are picking up and experiencing what the protagonist is experiencing. So I'm embodied in this person's body, looking out this person's eyes, experiencing what they're experiencing. If someone else is interacting with that person, I'm seeing through their eyes too and experiencing what they're experiencing. So I'm totally immersed in the story, completely immersed in the story. And at the same time, there's a voice in my head dictating what's going on around me. And I'm writing, I'm channeling information, and I'm writing it down on my computer, my terminal. It's a really immersive process, but it's so beautiful at the same time. Completely, completely immersive, but it's powerful, enlivening to me, and it makes my soul catch on fire. I feel so passionate about this experience I'm doing this. And this voice, this Latino voice that was in my head, was Armand Sueño, the novelist character. Now, Lord Buford Somerset was Buford Somerset in the story to the very end of that story. He begins, this protagonist, begins to say to me, begins to tell me and show me in my mind, and I begin to feel as well at the same time, his own stories he wants to elucidate with me and show with me and tell me about. His own fables of horror macabre experiences. So I'm having these happening at the same time, so I'm writing this book, and then at the end of the book, I bring in Pablo Wairua, the Tuhoi, New Zealand Māori Tohunga, and Kichua, 
stesso, young man. So when I bring him in, he begins to tell me his own stories as well, heartfelt, emotional, beautiful fables with conscious nuggets in there, conscious awakening nuggets that the reader reads and gets a little insight into the nature of reality. A beautiful, beautiful fight. Not quite fairy tales, but just a really amazing, imaginative stories. So I'm writing three books at once while I'm doing this in 2008. And I finish the first draft of all three. And then I hire a friend of mine to do my cover illustrations who's got a serious fucking drug problem. I didn't know at the time. I knew he dabbled, but I know his problem was massive. So my friend, I give him money to do my covers for my books, and he blows the money on his drugs. And that's it. I can't get the money back. And unfortunately for me, when our friendship is over, I get this feeling that I have to move out of my flat. I have to get out of there. I have to move. I can't stay there. I don't feel safe in my flat anymore. Some of his friends he was hanging out with were quite nasty guys, like nasty pieces of work, and I had to get out of my flat. So I go looking for a flat, and as spirit has it, in my process of looking for a flat, I went to a flat in Newtown, and... There I was interviewed by a person who was leaving her room and filling her room, so she was going to choose a person moving into her room who happens to be a proofreader and an editor for Penguin Publishers but was going to go freelance. And I was like, spirit, synchronicity, oh, my God, this is great. I said, hey, look, you know, would you, would you mind reading my work and giving me a critique? Would you mind doing that? And she's like, no, no, at all. I'm happy to. I'd love to. You know, first client, so to speak. And... Uh, <laughs> She gave me back a 123-page critique of my novel Entwine, and it broke my balls. (laughs) I just looked at it and thought, I'm just going to go back to Kilburnie and buy that ticket and fly to South America. And uh, to what she said to me, no, 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 you've got a great voice here. You've got potential. Just read my critique and go back and rewrite your book. So I did. I went back. I read her critique. And complete shock. <laughs> and then I got the other two critiques for the other two books as well. And of course, the process was was complete. I wrote all three books uh, with her. I did the second draft and the third draft and then the final draft with her for those three books. And in that same year, I had to find a cover illustrator for my books as well because I wanted to publish my books. I wanted all my books to be self-published because I wanted to be in creative control of what I was publishing. I didn't want to have somebody else deciding what I could publish and what I couldn't publish. I wanted these books to be revelatory. I wanted them to be, to be authentic, and I wanted them to be my own voice rather than somebody else. I had, I had an editor already who was already killing my darling, <laughs> so to so speak. And so I didn't need anybody else to do it for me. I didn't need two people to slash and burn my material. So I thought, no, no, I'm going to publish them myself. And then that same spirit, that same voice, she said to me, EPUBs, publish them as EPUBs. It'll keep your costs down, and no one's doing EPUBs. This is the way forward for you. So I did that. I decided to go for the process of getting my books converted into EPUBs, which I did in 2008. And then, of course, my covers. I didn't have a cover illustrator. I couldn't draw to save myself. So I thought, well, I'm going to have to get a cover illustrator. And my ex-partner at the time, Brooke, she said to me, look, my friend Jade is a tutor at Whanganui Design School. So how about you talk to Jade and see if she can do an assignment for her third-year illustration students? And I was like, that is a, that's a really good idea. 
So I talked to Jade. I said to Jade, hey, what are the chances of me being able to do that? She's like, I'll put it by the students and I'll put it by the school. And that was fine. So I got to go up to Whanganui Design School in Whanganui, uh, meet all the students, tell them what they wanted. I wanted, sorry, what I wanted in regards to covers. I gave them material. I gave them the concepts. I gave them who these, I told them about, about the authors, what they look like. Everything. I gave them the full picture. I said, this is one, and I'm going to give you guys the, the opportunity to create with your own imagination what you choose to create, how you perceive and how you interpret my information so that, that I have just given to you. So about, oh, I must have been about six weeks later, I went back up for the final choice of looking at all the, all the covers. I was just blown away by the by what these people were, were creating. It was so amazing to be part of this experience. It was so cool. And as a consequence of that, I met Amber Cobra, who is my now has been with me for 13 years. She's my cover illustrator. And her covers just blew me away. We're like, oh my God, these are fantastic. And they're so out of the box for me. I was like, these are not what I expected. And for that alone, I was like, oh my God, this is just this is so awesome. So Amber and I have worked together for 13 years since 2008. Odelia and I have worked together for 13 years, since 2008. And then later in the year, before I ran out of money and to go back to work again, <laughs> I decided to make book trailers, and that was part of this as well. EPUBs, synchronicities of meeting Amber and Odelia, then eventually the same voice in my head say, make book trailers for your books. So I was like, book trailers? Like movie trailers and TV trailers? I'm like, yeah, book trailers. So I, this is in 2008. So I thought, well, how am I going to do that? A friend of mine, Preston McNeil, was an animator. I said to him, look, I want to make a book trailer synopsis for a book. He's like, that sounds awesome. Let's storyboard it. So we storyboarded the book trailer concept, the synopsis, and then I did the voiceover for Pablo Wairua. My friend James Jackson did the voiceover for Lord Buford Somerset and did the sound engineering and the soundtrack for it. And we made it a really amazing, incredible, <laughs> blew everyone away, book trailer for Entwined. It was so awesome. But then I had about a thousand bucks left. And that thousand bucks I had left, I used it towards marketing. I was completely clueless. I didn't know who I was marketing my books to, what niche. I was putting my books into. I didn't know what blogs were. I had no idea. I was so naive, man. So naive. I thought, I've made all this incredible content. I've got three authors, their characters. It's a very unique concept. I don't need to market anything. These books are just going to sell themselves, you know? The book trailer, come on. It's just going to be like, I'm going to be an international bestseller. (laughs) So naive, man. And uh, so the marketing guys couldn't help me because I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know where to begin. You know, I was completely clueless. So by the end of that year, early 2010, 2009 actually, um, I had to go back to work again as a painter, interior, exterior painter to pay for my creative stuff. And over the next 13 years of my life, I have been working as an interior, exterior decorator who dabbles who dabbles, who makes book trailers, who writes short stories, who writes books of poetry, who writes novels, who makes content for his website. So I've dabbled. I'm a dabbler. (laughs) Not full-time purpose, I've been a dabbler. But as a consequence of what happened to me about four weeks ago, working for someone who basically 
I resigned slash got fired. I decided to go full-time into this now. So I'm going full-time into this, making podcasts, making videos occasionally, uh, holding down what jobs I can get as an interior exterior decorator, but looking at other ways to also create income streams, but also making more book trailers. I've written written 14 books, 13 books. I've published nine. I'm going to publish four more this year, two books of poetry, two collections of short stories, and my 13th book is a novel called Rigmarole, in which I'm going to start writing again, fingers crossed, when I get more time, because doing blogs, writing blogs, doing blogs, doing podcasts, and working is, is, is taking me into a place where I'm beginning to realize that I need to sometimes go to sleep. Because <laughs> I'm just working, 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 and it's not sustainable. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to get back into that book again because it's a good one. I started writing that book in uh, the lockdown last year. But I digress. And thanks for, hey, listen, I'm going to go now, but thanks for listening to this podcast. I really appreciate it. And there'll be more to come. Go well. All the best. And mate wa. See you later. Do you have the pain?